tyranny. It's as American as beer and baseball. This is the America Beer, Baseball, Tyranny podcast with your hosts, Joshua Sopko and Aaron Bloomer. Good. How are you doing? Awesome. Nice. Awesome. We're here. Awesome about this. I haven't had this one. Severance is newer to Sioux Falls. Yeah. They're in Uptown Downtown. That's going to be the new name. Which is crazy. Anyway, that has nothing to do with the beer. <laughs> the beer is great. It's a cool um, place too. Yeah, it's super cool. So I had Josh pick up the name of the beer is Love Notes. Weird name. Amazing beer. 6% alcohol. It should be a good podcast episode. Then. I hope so. They don't uh, <laughs> can he looked, as of yet. He looked at me really weird when I asked him for a six pack of individual cans. Because these are called crawlers. Crawlers, yep. I'm going to spill this everywhere. Because I said I want a six pack of it. And he looked at me funny and says, we don't do that here. And <laughs> it's like, oh. It's a, like a hazy IPA, I think is like the technical term of it. It was the first one on the menu list. They've got a ton of beers on there. A lot of like kind of crazy ones. There's uh there's like a monster cookie. I beer. heard that one's really good. I haven't, I haven't been able tried to try it. that one, but I kind of like traditional beers, like not flavored or infused or fruit mango type of things. Yeah. Or cookie monsters. I just like a good just normal. Normal, because they delete. Yeah. You said they did have this love notes infused with something. Yeah, they had a they had a sweet one too. So it was like a a second rendition of it that he said was infused with mango and some other stuff. And I said, mm. just give me the the original. Let's, let's go with that. Regular. Uh, but yeah, so we'll uh, we'll try it out. Well, let's talk about our love notes for <laughs> term limits That's and the, age yeah. of candidates and that whole kind of conversation. I think yeah. this is gonna be. One where we actually for real disagree. Yeah, I think Maybe. so. I think we'll agree on certain things, but overall. So right now, should we get out of the way what the current term limits are? And we're talking federally. Yeah, so so I didn't know where we were going to go federally or state level. Because, I mean, they, I mean, they both apply mm-hmm. and they both give us unique circumstances. For uh, sure. But just... Uh, define term limits as to like what they are right yeah and so people are know so the the term is uh how long a person is able to serve right in a specific office or for the government consecutively consecutively um so really though if i'm not mistaken there's only term limit there's only a limit for <laughs> it's a, it's the, a the president yeah so the twenty on the, on the federal level, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the twenty second amendment says a person can only be elected president two times for a total of eight years. There is a workaround on that, of course, of that if like the it's the person takes over for somebody who dies. Okay, they can actually serve up to ten years. Interesting, but no more than ten. There, there is no term limits on VPs, vice presidents. So unlimited four year terms. So right. you could be a vice president forever. Yep. In theory. Uh House of Representatives, unlimited two year terms. Yep. Senate, unlimited six year terms. Yep. And then the Supreme Court I threw in there, which but I think we all know is a lifetime appointment. Uh so no limit right. there on anything. So once you're appointed, you're there till you quit or die. Yep. Or 
I think you can get impeached or something like or bad behavior. Yeah, it does say point during good behavior, but yeah. again, it's like impeaching the president. It's like high crimes and misdemeanors, yeah. which which are undefined. Whatever. <laughs> uh, so I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, those terms are similar for like South Dakota and majority of state positions so south dakota specifically has term limits on state senators and state house of representatives okay and there's 15 i I think 15 i came across some contradicting different articles um and i didn't really dive into each state and like try and look up their constitutions specifically to see what their term limits in so it's 15 uh states uh, that i know of for sure i have officially passed uh, term limits for governors, uh, mm. gubernar- gubernatorial appointments, state senate, um, state house of legislators, and things like that. So. Yeah. So then we come to the question: Should there be term limits? All right. What say you? <laughs> no. What say me? <laughs> yes. And and like I said before we started, you're in good company being a pro term guy, pro yeah. pro term limits guy. And the for me, I go back to like the history. Like, what does history say about term limits? And term limits has their roots deep going back into Rome and Caesar's time, and I mean just democracy in general going back into Parliament. They had term limits. We even had term limits in our Articles of Confederation. Mm-hmm. The delegates were appointed to six to one six year term. You could right. only be a delegate. And even though they had an a, a appointed head of that delegacy, delegate, yeah, del- whatever, uh, they weren't the, like the executive chief, like what we consider the president today. Right. Um, so it's interesting that we started with the Articles of Confederation that had term limits, and then we moved into a constitution that didn't have term limits. Even when the constitution was written, it didn't have expressly term limits for even the president, uh, yeah. which, as we see, wasn't until the 52 when the 22nd Amendment was passed. Mm-hmm. So, I think in theory, because correct me if I'm wrong, but I think people who are in favor of term limits believe that we vote every four years. So Two for House. Sure, perhaps, sorry, right? sorry. Like, so we vote every two years, so we can kick out bad representatives yeah. in every six years. We can kick out every bad senator in four years. We can kick out the president if they're doing a poor job. Um, is that right? Is that kind of the emphasis of like, we kind of have term limits to the fact that yeah, absolutely. we vote them in or out. Yep. That's, that's the basis of the anti-term limit argument is that we have term limits every, every, uh, election. every election. There, there's no reason why we would need to institute some sort of law. And then we can get into kind of the details, uh, as, as we'll cover later on, the details as to why term limits are more harmful than they are good uh, overall in general. Okay, here's my thought on that. And I, I, I agree that in theory <laughs> it works. And, and, and in practice. In practice, though, in 2020, 2018, 26, like it's not working. In my opinion, in my opinion, because we have and we'll cover this a little bit in a minute, but like career politicians. Right. And but you have to decide you have to define what's working and what's not working. Mm -hmm. Is it working as it's designed? Yes. Is it working the way that you think it should work? Probably not. Is it is it doing things that you don't like? You know, I mean, that's where well, like then, when you say it's not working, you have to kind of step back and say, well, what about us specifically? Are you saying that's not working? Yeah. And then we can start to address is term limits the best solution to what mm-hmm. you think is not working? Yeah. So I think career politicians is extremely negative. I don't think there should be career politicians. Uh, 
I think when you go, like you even went said earlier, when you go back to when the country was first founded and things, I don't think the founding fathers thought there would be a thing as such as career politicians. It was hotly debated in the congressional, the, the, during the constitutional, like the, the, the framing of it, the ratification mm-hmm. of it, it was really hotly debated yeah. for term limits and against term limits. Mm-hmm. So they were very aware of of career politicians and what that would look like. Yeah. And so that's that. I mean, I just because they thought that back then doesn't mean it should be the same in 2020 as things change or whatever that is. But I mean, as it was set up, it was set up to not enable career politicians. Um, when I say, is it working? I look at the federal government as a whole and I think as a whole it's broken yeah uh, we will definitely agree there right and so in what other capacity do we say something is broken but make zero changes well i'm not suggesting that we don't make changes i'm suggesting that term limits isn't the appropriate vehicle to do so okay so i think um so there's a there's a bear outside the oh door. Let's try to edit that out. Um, so my thing is we have these career politicians and let's get into some numbers here because I think it's I think it's interesting. Yeah, let's kind of start on that. So I looked it up on Wikipedia and I'll link to it in our show notes. There's a list of uh, long like longest serving senators and, and House of Representatives. It only goes back to people who have 36 years or more. 36 <laughs> years in either the House or Senate. There's some going back and forth, right? Right. Take a stab over the history of our great nation. How many people, politicians, have 36 years or more of service? Gosh. Is it more than 100? A little mm. bit more than 100. Wow. 113. Wow politicians with 36 years or more longest combined service john dingle i don't know 59 years and 21 days and then robert boyd 57 years and 176 days so how many people currently serving (laughs) have over 37 years including the house i'm gonna say it can't be more than 75 it's a lot lower oh 14 14 oh But Don Young has 46 years. Patrick Leahy, 45. Chuck Grassley, 45. Ed Markey, 43. Like all people I've never heard. Exactly. Of. <laughs> right. And so, you know, here's one that you'll know. Chuck Schumer, 39. Yeah. And and I'm trying to go through and see, is it all Democrats? Is it all Republicans? And it's both like there's not yeah. either way. Um, so then I look at we have. How many total House of Representatives are there? 435 plus 100 100 senators. So we've got out of 535 people, people, 14 of them have been there over 37 years. Like, I feel like that's a lot. And when you look at these are the people who are supposed to be making the decisions on our behalf. Yes. As the citizens of this great nation. They've effed everything up. These 14 people have? Uh, along with everyone else. But don't you think, though, 
if we can if you that's part of not being able to get new blood into the system yeah what do, what do i mean okay in some of these people's lives and this is maybe related unrelated and you could argue with me and i would not disagree at all um most of these people were of teenage when racism was okay <laughs> i mean 1950 sure yeah yeah, they were they were probably there's realistic possibility. Let's see, 40 years they've been legislating. Um, so, yeah, they were on the tail end of potentially legislating through the Civil Rights Act. Like they were old enough to at least be of political mind. They were probably in college through the Civil Rights Act mm -hmm. and then moved into legislation, you know, in the <clears throat> mid to late teen, mid to late 60s. So they're very aware of what that movement looked like from a legislative and political standpoint. Yeah, I mean. Bernie has been, and so I looked up a couple of our uh, current candidates and current people in who are um, areas of power, I guess. But like, how long have they not been elected, but even like governors, even like things? Yeah. Bernie started his political career in 1964. Yeah. The guy's 56 years ago. The guy is old. Joe Biden, 73, 47 years ago. Uh, I mean, Nancy Pelosi, 33 years, uh, Elizabeth Warren, 25 years, Chuck Schumer, 22 years. Like I, I, what I do is I look at and I see all these people who have, I mean, I think even 20 years, like if we could go back and see how many people have been in for 20 years, that's a long time. And when you look at all oh, the same people have been elected over and over and over and over and over and over and they've done nothing i don't know what they've done they've done enough to screw things up in my opinion of where the government sucks and there's zero not zero very little confidence and faith in the government and i know you're going to say that just because of kicking them out you're going to say hold them accountable well i mean that's that's a part of it but i mean that's not yeah. really the the pro either the anti-term thing but i'm just waiting for you to finish your thought so i can i'm just gonna ramble for I'm, about another hour all right well i'm gonna, I'm gonna dive into okay, all go. the reasons why this is wrong i want to drink more of this beer it's fantastic by the way so good we will review this at the end of the video but term limits boy there's a lot to unpack and a lot of what you said new blood new ideas fresh fresh innovative yeah. young inexperienced legislators that don't know the process they are not experienced in the legislative process let me say process. one thing that, just to qualify myself <laughs> i don't think that just because somebody has been practicing for 50 years their ideas and ideology can't change oh sure well yeah I want to put that out there because yep, I don't want to be like, well, just because they're racist or just because they did this, <laughs> they're going to be racist in 2020. That's not what I meant. Things can change. Sure. However, okay. right. But and and where I was kind of uh, kind of coming at is that turnover, even in the private sector, is a bad thing. Right. I mean, anytime you hire a new employee, you have to train them. You have to educate them. It can take years to get them to a quality employee that you can give them a lot of responsibility. Right. And then to kick them to the curb for some arbitrary number that says, well, we just want some fresh blood, some new ideas. Then you have to start that process all over again. The practice of policymaking and lawmaking is a career. It takes a lifetime. Should it be? Yeah. If, okay. if, if you think about the responsibility of making laws mm -hmm. to around a 
a state of 300 million people. You can't learn that, that craft in eight years. You can't learn it in 10 years. You can get more experience in that amount of time. And then you need to build relationships. Like there's all of these facets that go into effective lawmaking. And now you're saying, but yeah, they screwed everything up. That's not a problem of term limits. That's a problem of government. But they're, they're supposed to be doing what the, their constituents want. Yeah. And if they're not doing what constituents want, then it's a matter of their election process that's potentially screwed up. So, Or it's a, it's a matter of the fact that they are just given too much power in the first place that, to do things that are being screwed up. Yeah. but And term limits isn't going to fix that. It's going to exacerbate that exact problem. It will... Eliminate career politicians. Indeed it will. <laughs> and it will it will promote career lobbyists. So mm. in, in so in the states that we know that uh, have instituted term limits, which is a fascinating history that I that I don't know a ton about, but it looks like it started in the nineties. Well, mid eighties really took a, a stronghold politically in the nineties. Mm. That's when we started to see the nation sweep with the states past these uh, state term limits. Some states also got together and they were passing trying to pass term limits for like their own House federal um, House and Senate representatives, which ultimately the, the U.S. Constitution, the Supreme Court said you can't prevent your state um, from limiting like term limiting your federal representatives. That's unconstitutional. But in the state side. They kind of don't have power over that, right? Like states' rights thing, which is currently being contested in the state of Michigan. Um, they're saying that, hey, this is unconstitutional from the U.S. Constitution, that states don't actually have power to control their own constitution. Mm-hmm. I haven't dug deep into that, so it's a states' rights thing that we'll have to get into sometimes. It's a really, really fascinating um, scenario. Regardless, we can look at the states that have term limits, and we can see what the outcomes have been over the last 20, 30-ish years of term limits. And what we've seen is a rotating door of politicians that are either a, uh, they're not going back to the private sector, which is what we'd want them to do. They're going into um, appointed positions of other areas of government because they built relationships over eight years. And they say, well, I'm being kicked out. I don't know what else to do. And so they leverage their lobbying position or their, um, you know, government power to get appointed positions that could be, you know, lifelong or the appointment of the next, uh, person in government, they go to lobbying positions to advocate for what they want. It really doesn't. So then we've just created career statists, I guess. Yeah. Move that one step further. In the amount of time that they have, they say, well, my time here is limited, so I'm not really going to focus on the things that I want to focus on because I'm never going to get anywhere with them. So then they're just trying to kickball some things to the curb, and they say, well, here's a really important issue. Um, I know that I'm not going to be able to work on this in the amount of time that I have here, Mm. so let's create an agency or develop something or kick this responsibility to a bureaucrat who's going to be there for life. Sure. And we will, you know, create this, this basic legislation. Cause that's all I have time to do. And we will give them power and control over the rest of it. Um, which exacerbates and expands government when you do that. And this is what term limits has, has shown to do in these States specifically increase that to the federal level. And we're just going to see more problems with that. So don't you think we should just simplify? 
the yeah. government. Yeah, I'm all about that. I don't know that. I, I just find it hard to like. I think you and I, the average citizen, should be able to serve federal political positions. Yeah. I think that's fair. But we can't if we have a super complicated government. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's nothing really stopping us from from doing that. The other big thing is when you get, you know, it's easy to say we need to drain the swamp, right? We need to get rid of all the career politicians and get fresh blood. What happens when you get a good person in there? Somebody that's actually doing good limited legislating and that is actually reducing the federal budget, which takes time, which takes energy, which takes effort, which takes relationships, which takes experience and knowledge and all these things that this person is just on the cusp of getting there. And they're like, well, we arbitrarily decided that 12 years is enough, so you're done. And then they're just like, and so the whole time they know this, so mm-hmm. they're like, well, what's the point? Because I'm not going to get there. I'm not going to get to tackling some of these big issues mm-hmm. that I really want to tackle. It takes a lifetime to understand what the Federal Reserve does and how to tackle it. Yeah. Not a lifetime. It takes a career to really get to the point where it's like, okay, I understand what's happening. I know the players that are key to doing this. I'm building alliances to um, work on actually producing real legislation. And this is a pipe dream, real legislation that will audit the Fed and ultimately end the Fed. Right. I'm building alliances to. Uh, you know, reduce the executive power for unlimited wars. I'm reducing, you know, all of these things. They're either a not going to take on that project because they're not going to get anywhere in mm. eight years. They, I mean, look at Ron Paul. He was in there for 30 years and he has nothing, literally nothing to show for it. He, he doesn't have his name signed on, I think a single bill. Yeah. And he was a, he was one of the good ones. Like, why, why would we punish him or kick him out simply because of an arbitrary rule? Because it wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> but but it, but somebody else would have taken a spot. Somebody else is potentially sure. worse. No, for sure. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't incentivize it yeah. so much. I think because to the point of there's not enough time to make, quote unquote, good legislation if you are limited by a term. Well, it seems like now people are, once they're elected, just worrying about their reelection. Yeah. And so they're, people would say they're not getting anything done. So what if we less or make the incentives less, meaning pay? Right. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think, I feel like the pay is a, is a little bit of a different conversation. I mean, incentives after office, I guess. I don't know. I haven't made up my mind about pay. For, yeah, for representatives. So the president gets 400k a year. Yeah, and then 208 ish every year after with a ton of other benefits, including but not limited to free postage <laughs> for life. <laughs> so that's that. His wife gets 20k just for saying thanks, thanks. for being there. Vice president gets 230 thousand ish. Senators and reps get 174. I mean, majority minority leaders, 193. Speaker of the House, 223. Which is, I mean, 174,000. What's that compared to like executive level positions, right? Yeah. So I looked that up and depending on where you look, the the numbers vary greatly. But I mean, the average, the average 
household income or median household income in the U.S. is around, depending on where you look between, we'll just average it out at like 50K, 50 to 60, give or take. Right. So they're making obviously well above that. And I would agree that they should. I don't think they're the average citizen, right? That right. can hold that job, that can take, pause their their life for that amount of time type of a thing. Um, I think we could, though, treat it somewhat like military service in a way where if you're deployed, you are guaranteed your job back when you come back. Mm-hmm. So if you are elected to a federal or state position and you have to be gone X amount of time. Oh, sure. Then you're guaranteed your job coming back. They can't just that, that you know, that sucks for the, the, um, the employer, but that's great for the employee <laughs> and potentially the nation as a whole type of a thing. I don't know. The, the So I saw that members of Congress are not given, uh, extra pay or bonuses for serving on committees. Uh, the federal government does not cover their housing and living expenses. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, they are paid only while they hold office. So when their term in office ends, they stop receiving that salary. I, I don't know this, but do committees have term limits? Yeah, I don't know. I was meaning to look that up. One of the, one of the things that I was kind of referencing, you know, I go to Mises.org or Mises.org because uh, that's like my fan website right they were talking about some of the issues with term limits and how staffers are the most experienced ones when a you know when a newly elected fresh blood new idea uh congressperson comes in or senator comes in it's a staffer that's really writing the bills it's a staffer that's really directing and orchestrating what needs to happen when and how and it's that experience level that undermines the the rookie legislators, right? Mm-hmm. So if the staffers are the ones that have the ultimate control anyways, cause they're, I mean, they're lifelong. They're not appointed. They're bureaucrats anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's another case against term limits that you're just, you're kicking all the responsibility to the experienced staffers that run the offices anyways. And every time you get a new guy or new person, the, the staffer comes in and say, well, this is how to write a bill. This is how you pass this. This is, you know, who you need to go talk to. And they got, you know, person is just, well, okay, I do this and this and this. And then they're out of office and then the next person comes in. But make it easier then. Make what easier? The, the whole process of writing and oh, implementing. Sure. Yeah. Because I don't, I just, I get it's complicated. But term but, limits isn't going to help that. Term limits isn't going to make that process easier. It's going to exacerbate that problem. And some people will say, well, we need term limits until we get these other things in place. Mm-hmm. That's not an effective way to operate government at all because government will never repeal itself. Government will never. And, and that's really what we're talking about is, is term limits as an expansion of government. It's not a limit on government. I can't think of his name. Florida governor. Uh, anyways, he, he said that, you know, his term limits was a big part of his platform. Like I'm going to support. Yeah. No, no, not Rubio. Maybe Rick something. Santon. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the guy. Anyways, I could be wrong. I'm probably <laughs> wrong. Either way. I remember the quote more than the name. Uh, he said that, that term limits is, uh, essential to restoring the power back to the people. And I just, I read that and I think, do you, do you understand on a logical basis what you just said? 
you are going to limit options for people. Greg Santorum was in Pennsylvania. So it's not him. Not him. <laughs> Probably wasn't even the Florida governor. But you're going to limit the options at the end of this person's term. You're going to say, you no a voter, you no longer have this person as an option, regardless of what you think about him or her. Yeah. And somehow that restores the rights and power back to the voter. It's completely backwards. I get it in theory, <laughs> it's, but it's not. That's practicality. That's, but that's, in practice, that's, pure, that's not how it works. But it's pure logic. But from a standpoint of power to the voter, that is exactly how it works. Every time we go up to the ballot box, we have that power and term limits uses government to restrict that power that we have. It restricts our options. You're saying, I really like Ron Paul. I'd really like to see him run for another time, but I can't because because he can't even run. So the president should have no term limits. Right. I mean, Trump would love that. I don't, <laughs> I don't know that he would, actually. He doesn't like being president, let's be honest. Anyway, I don't know. So the president should have, shouldn't have term limits. They no, should be able they to didn't serve. have term limits until 1952, and that was only because we saw uh, FDR, Roosevelt, mm -hmm. Won four times in a row. And then people are like, and people are like, oh, this is a good argument. And it makes sense that FDR would do that because he was kind of an authoritarian, crazy person who wanted to just control everything and dominate government. I mean, he's one of the worst presidents that we've had in history. I mean, he just destroyed and dismantled everything that we stand for as an American just civilization, really. But he was a great hunter. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but that's what prompted people to say, oh, well, this is what Washington was talking about or what, you know, Ben Franklin and Thomas Jefferson. Washington wasn't he at least that I know of somebody more historical would know better. Uh, he wasn't he was neutral on the term limits standpoint near as I can tell, basically. And the only reason why he only ran two terms is because he was tired after eight years. Who? George Washington. He's the one that set the precedent. Well, because people died when they were 40. <laughs> he, he's the one that set the precedent precedent mm -hmm. for uh, just term limits in general. And Thomas Jefferson applied this to principle. And, and he was very clear and outspoken that nobody should run. Uh, nobody should hold the office for more than two consecutive terms. And that stood all the way up until uh, FDR, until Franklin. Unwritten rules. Basically. Unwritten rules. It was a principle. Um, and and that was only contested twice with Ulysses S. Grant in 1880 and then again with Teddy Roosevelt years later. And Teddy wasn't even really seeking a third term. He just lost the he, he, he didn't really want it, but the, his party encouraged him to run and he just lost the nomination for his party. And that's the only reason why he didn't Rick go Scott. up. Rick Scott, Florida governor. Uh, yeah, that might have been. Uh, sounds familiar. Um. So, like, know. I mean, historically, we didn't have term limits for the president. There's no real reason to have them. True. But that was when I, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> now I'm that people no, thought people. it was um, noble. Yeah, there was back then. People and, think the presidency is I, think, I would say the general population thinks the presidency is not as a noble of a position as it was back then which is equally a problem that we shouldn't hold the presidency in such high regard 
And that, that's another issue. Like if we're, if we're concerned about what the president's doing, if we're concerned about a president having four consecutive terms and, and doing all this harm, maybe we should peel back the power of the executive just a little bit. Maybe we should not allow so many executive powers that are unconstitutional. Maybe with a whiff of, of, of a pen, they can undermine everything that our country stands for. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should start with those types of things Term limits doesn't do anything to limit that power. It just limits the amount of time they have to execute that power, which enforces and encourages them to be like, I only got a limited amount of time. Executive hour, executive order, executive order. They just keep punching that pen and stamping that stamp. And you just see rubber stamp bills coming out from the bureaucrats. Term limits are bad. What about age limits? Related, unrelated. Take a little bit of a left turn. Yeah. But what about age limits? So let me let me go through a few ages Donald Trump is 73 years old as of this recording, born in 46. Uh, he holds the old the title for the oldest president on Inauguration Day. Really? At 70 years old, 70 years and 20, 220 days. So your girl, Elizabeth Warren, who's Man. now dropped out, but she's 70. Uh, Bloomberg, who also dropped out, is 78. Bernie is 78. Feel the burn. And Biden is 77. So if those two, one of those two become president, they would be the oldest president ever. How old is Tulsi? Tulsi's still in. She's got a delegate. (laughs) We'll talk about that later someday, how the Democrats have completely burned her. The first thing, Tulsi Gabbard's still running. (laughs) She's 38. She's 38. Anyway, Pete Buttigieg, 38. It was just that was a side tangent just because I was curious how old she was. Yeah. So, man, I think people who are seven years old should have to retest to drive every year (laughs) because they suck at driving. You know, we're going to let them run the country. Yeah, that should really be up to the voters. Because which is hard to say when you've got Biden who can't form a complete sentence and who sniffs kids. I didn't say that, but. Like he's not a good person, and he like is, I don't know, he's not. <laughs> he looks presidential, so that's why he's qualified essentially. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, literally, when you listen to the guy speak, he he can't form a complete sentence. Like, and that's not a dig against him, really. Yeah. It's just it's a matter of fact that he is un- ineffective at doing that, and. To that regard, I kind of like want to lean to you and say, yeah, like we shouldn't allow someone like that to even run for the office. Yeah. But we also can't pick and choose on principle based on what we like and don't like because we set the age to say 70. Well, maybe we shouldn't have maybe we shouldn't have 70 year olds. Let's let's cut it down to 68. Then pretty soon we only have what, 35 to 45 people running like that's not effective either. So when it comes to age limits, I'm obviously opposed youngest president ever was your boy teddy at just under 43 oh i don't know i i know the new blood word keeps coming up and i think that's a stupid argument but these are career politicians yeah it takes a it takes a career to figure out how to effectively i'm gonna be dead before i'm 77 (laughs) i hope when i'm 77 I'm at least, if I'm alive, on a beach somewhere. I don't want to be running the country. 
What are the what is wrong with these people that they want to run the country <laughs> when they're 70 some years old? Which goes What is their problem? Go away, Gerson. Back to the idea that maybe we should just start limiting their power, which is a much more effective means at controlling the legislators. Okay. But we need term limits until we li- limit their power. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm shaking my head. He said, yes, everyone. I, Mark it down. Ugh, that is just such a poor way to go about managing anything. Like, And just it's just going to exacerbate problems. And you're going to have such a harder time repealing that and say, well, when we do these five things, then we'll repeal them. When's the last time we've ever repealed a tax for those same exact types of scenarios well this is just a temporary tax the income tax was meant to be temporary and never go above three <laughs> percent jokes on us that never happened things change josh for the worse when it comes to government things change for the better when we decentralize and allow ourselves to self-govern term limits may or may not be bad term but limit- i will <laughs> tell you one thing term limits are bad this beer is flipping amazing it's I'm impressed. And the back of this can caught my eye. Yeah. Bigger than the fear of failing is our fear of spending a lifetime, our only lifetime, doing a job that is just meh. Like the president. It is time to sever ties with our current life's path and create a new one. Will it be easy? No. Will it be worth it? Hell yes. Yeah, it's an interesting talk about how these guys kind of did what they did. They were all, I think both of the guys, the 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 head brewers were in like corporate America type of thing jobs. I don't know anything about their story. Yeah, and then they were just like, this sucks. I hate life, but they all love beer and grew. Check them out. Severance Brewing. Um, we'll definitely link to them in our show yeah. notes everywhere. Check out their story. They're such good people over there. And this um, is fantastic beer. I don't give beer fives except for grain belt, so this gets my four and a half. Yeah, I'll, I'll give this a I'll give this a four and a half. You only give four, four and a halfs, I think. <laughs> but this beer is very good. It's it's it interesting. Is. It's not a normal beer that I typically like. I'm not a super big IPA guy, but the aftertaste is mm-hmm. is it's not like that like bitey flavor, and it's got like a almost like pineapple-y flavor to it. I don't know. It's just different, and that's why I really like it because it's sure. easily easy to drink. alcohol, which is always a bonus. (laughs) Uh, Everybody go check that out. I really like this beer. Four and a half Steins. Four and a half Liberty Steins. Liberty Steins, yes. Check out that shirt. Ah, yeah. All right, you guys. We're trying to make swag here. Um, I'm going to do the whole thing. So I ordered shirts. (laughs) Um, They turned out great. However, they they fit my youngest child because I ordered (laughs) the wrong size. So we're going to eventually get these up on the website and stuff. I love our logo. I'm I'm taking zero credit for it because I didn't do anything. Josh and and a designer were kind of put that all together. I love the logo, though, and so I think hopefully everyone else does. Our wives love the logo, which I think is our wives are our biggest critics. So indeed. (laughs) So they love it. I mean, so, so yeah. Uh, Yeah, man, I love this topic. It was good. Uh, I love this beer. I love the swag. I think we got some good things going. For sure, man. So you can check us out. We got a website with stuff on it. Not cool. very much stuff, but there's stuff. So if you want to, like, just you can sign up for our notifications too. Uh, so go to our website, beerbaseballtyranny.com. Yep. So. Uh, we haven't promoted the audio version of this very much just because we've been, it takes some time to get it uh, approved on 
all the networks and things, but we're, we're doing that. So uh, more to come on that once we get approved through Apple. We'll start pushing that out there a little bit yeah. too. So. And we'll have like merch. I've got this cool and the Fed shirt design that I worked on. That's going to be a cool one. And maybe some resist tyranny the shirts coming down the queue. So it'll be fun. You can check it out. So you guys. Till next time. See ya. Thanks, Josh. Thank you for listening to the America Beer Baseball Tyranny Podcast. You can find us online at beerbaseballtyranny.com and on Facebook and Twitter at ABBT Podcast. You can view videos of our episodes on our website and on YouTube, and you can listen to them on your favorite podcast listening platform. Our theme music is Not Drunk by The Joy Drops. Until next time, friends.